This is the Biblical Unitarian Podcast. Hello and welcome again to the Biblical Unitarian Podcast, the podcast that aims to start conversations about the oneness and unity of God and about the humanity of Jesus Christ. This is episode number seven called The Humanity of Jesus in the Gospels. My name is Dustin Smith. I am your host, as always. And thank you so much for joining us again at the Biblical Unitarian Podcast. In our episode today, we're going to look at the four gospel accounts within the New Testament, namely Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, in order to see what they say about Jesus' humanity. One of the interesting things we could see just by basic word study is that Jesus is called a man or a human being, using the Greek nouns anthropos or anir, uh, quite a few times within each of the four Christian Gospels. Jesus is called a man three times in the Gospel of Matthew. He is called a man two times in the Gospel of Mark. He is called a man seven times in the Gospel of Luke. And in the Gospel of John, he is called a man a whopping 16 times. 16 times in the Gospel of John. Now, this is very interesting to me because most people regard the Gospel of John as the Gospel with the highest Christology, as in the most elevated understanding of who Jesus is. But on the contrary, John actually calls Jesus a man, calls him a human being, more times than Matthew, Mark, and Luke combined. So it's interesting that the Gospel that stresses the humanity of Jesus is actually the one that is, in my opinion, misunderstood and misappropriated more than the others. So again, three times Matthew, two times in Mark, seven times in Luke, and 16 times in the Gospel of John. So there's a pretty big emphasis there on the humanity of Jesus within the Christian Gospels. We can see that Jesus' humanity is expressed in how he learns things, in how the Gospels portray Jesus' knowledge, and the fact that Jesus has to ask questions about certain things in the fact that Jesus comes to find out certain things, when Jesus even admits that he doesn't know certain facts, and ultimately in Jesus admitting that he was taught from the Heavenly Father. So this is what we're going to look at today in this episode. So we're going to start here actually in Luke chapter 2 in verse 40, where Luke says that, quote, the child, this is Jesus, continued to grow and become strong, increasing in wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. So Jesus here, as a growing child, was increasing in wisdom, and God's grace was upon him. So we see that Jesus was learning wisdom, he was growing in wisdom, he obviously wasn't omniscient, and Jesus is distinct from God because the grace of God was upon him. That's Luke chapter 2 and verse 40. Also in Luke chapter 2, we see this passage where it says, Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. That's Luke chapter 2, verse 52. So again, Jesus kept on increasing in wisdom and stature and in favor with God. So we see there Jesus was growing, learning in wisdom and stature, and we see again Jesus was distinct from God. Obviously, Jesus is not omniscient in these passages. He does not know everything. To on the contrary, uh, God the Father is one that is described as one that has perfect knowledge, uh, that he knows what's going on. He has an innumerable understanding. 
but Jesus is still learning things. Is one of the uh, distinctions between God and Jesus. But it's something that makes sense if Jesus is a bona fide member of the human race, as we've tried to describe in our previous episodes. Moving along, we can see that Jesus regularly in the Gospels is portrayed as having to have asked questions of other people. This passage here, Matthew chapter 15, verse 34, Jesus said to them, How many loaves do you have? Speaking to the disciples, he wants to know, how much bread do they have? Jesus didn't know. He had to ask this question. How many loaves do you have? Matthew 15, 34. Jesus answering the mother of the Zebedee boys says in Matthew 20, verse 21, What do you wish? He wants to know, what do you want? Because Jesus didn't know. He had to ask questions, just like any other human being would have to do. Another passage in Matthew 20 says, Jesus stopped and called them, these are the two blind men, and said, what do you want me to do for you? That's in Matthew 20, verse 32. Jesus didn't know. He had to ask the two blind men, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus continues to ask questions here in Mark chapter 5 and verse 30. says, immediately Jesus, perceiving in himself that the power proceeding from him had gone forth, turned around in the crowds and said, Who touched my garments? Someone had reached out and touched Jesus' garments, and some power had left Jesus, and Jesus had to turn around, and he had to ask the question, Who touched me? Who touched my garments? He didn't know. That's in Mark chapter 5 and verse 30. We can see that the question regarding the loaves and the fish, how many loaves do you have, also shows up in Mark. That's in Mark 6 and verse 38. In Mark chapter 8 and verse 23, it regards Jesus taking the blind man by hand, brought him out of the village, he spat in his eyes, laid hands upon him, and he asked him, do you see anything? He had asked this question, do you see anything? Because Jesus didn't know. In Mark chapter 9 and verse 21, Jesus asked the father of a possessed boy this question, how long has this been happening to him? And the father replied from childhood. Jesus had to ask these questions because he's not omniscient. And of course, the question about uh, who touched Jesus, who touched his garments, uh, reappears in Luke's gospel. That's in Luke chapter 8 and verse 45. So clearly, Jesus is not portrayed within the Christian gospels as someone who is all-knowing and omniscient and knows everything. On the contrary, he has to ask Pretty basic questions, quite often. We can see that Jesus sometimes has to ask individuals their names. When he was asking Legion, Mark chapter 5 and verse 9 says, what is your name? And actually the imperfect tense of the verb here in Mark chapter 5 and verse 9 indicates that Jesus was asking him. Jesus was constantly asking this question, what is your name? What is your name? What is your name? He had to constantly ask this. And Luke also depicts Jesus in the same manner because the same question is portrayed in Luke's gospel in Luke chapter 8 and verse 30. One of the other things that we see about Jesus is that he often comes to conclusions based on his observations, meaning he didn't already know certain information. He just comes to this conclusion because of things that he sees. We can see this in a variety of passages, most commonly with the verb 
to find. Uh, Greek verb evrisko, where a lot of people today say eureka, which means I have found it. Matthew chapter 8 and verse 10 says this, Now when Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who were following, quote, Truly I say to you, I have not found such great faith with anyone in Israel. As in Jesus is astonished that he finally does find this. But the very fact that he finds this great faith among someone in Israel shows that he has come to that conclusion based on observations, not due to any sort of omniscience. Luke actually also portrays another version of this particular story in Luke chapter 7 and verse 9. So we have parallel stories there in Matthew 8:10 and Luke chapter 7 and verse 9. When Jesus is near the vicinity of Jerusalem, we can see that in this passage, Mark chapter 11 and verse 13, that Jesus comes to find out something else. The passage reads, Seeing at a distance a fig tree in leaf, he went to see if perhaps he would find anything on it. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. So Jesus wanted to see if maybe something was there on this tree, but ultimately he found out that there was nothing but leaves, no fruit. That's in Mark 11 and verse 13. And when Jesus came, he found Lazarus already having been in the tomb for four days. That is in John chapter 11 and verse 17. But again, Jesus finds out that Lazarus had been there for four days. He didn't already know this. So the Gospels, again, regularly portraying Jesus as coming to conclusions based on basic and simple observations, just like any other human being would do. Moving along, we can see an extremely important passage regarding the second coming of Jesus. There's a lot that we're going to say about this. This passage is in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 36, which says, Of that day and hour, no one knows. Not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father alone. This is Matthew 24, verse 36. It also shows up in Mark chapter 13 and verse 32, where it basically says the same thing. But Jesus here is saying about the day of his second coming, that day and that hour, nobody knows. The angels in heaven don't know, nor does the Son know, but the Father alone knows this. And there's a lot we could take out of this. First of all, Jesus is saying that because the Father alone knows this, that only the Father has this perfect understanding. Now, it's only the Father that knows it. He doesn't say the Father and the Holy Spirit know it. It's just the Father. The Father alone is the one that knows it. Secondly, we see that Jesus admits to his own uh, ignorance on the subject. I'm using ignorance there in a neutral sense, not that Jesus was uh, ignorant in a negative sense. But Jesus says that he uh, doesn't know this. He doesn't have this understanding. And Jesus also distinguishes himself from the angels of heaven. Not that we needed to uh, point that out, but there are some people that have been taught that Jesus might actually be an angel dressed up as a human being. But Jesus is saying that the angels don't know. He himself doesn't know. Only the Father knows. Now what's interesting about this passage this passage here in Matthew 24 in verse 36, is that this assertion that the Son, that the Son of God does not have this perfect knowledge about the time of his second coming, this passage was bothersome to some people who believed that Jesus was 
fully God and thereby fully omniscient. And so some dirty scribes in Christian history actually took out the phrase, nor the Son, in some manuscripts, some late manuscripts, but they did do it. And it was a theologically motivated change, altering in the Greek text. This is something that all scholars and textual critics admit and acknowledge today, with some embarrassment, I might add. But unfortunately, in some of the older translations, and by old I mean the King James Version and the New King James Version, they are translated based on some of these corrupted texts. And so you will see in those versions that this phrase, nor the Son, was left out. And it's very unfortunate, although every single modern version has corrected this because we have found that the earlier manuscripts do indeed have the phrase, nor the Son. And it's very clear that that phrase, nor the Son, was taken out of this text in Matthew 24, 36 because of an embarrassment to some people's theology. But to me, that's uh, quite shocking and striking that people would change the text in order to fit their own theology instead of allowing the text to define their own theology. Here at the Biblical Unitarian Podcast, we're going to take this text at face value. Jesus says the angels don't know the day or the hour. He himself, as the Son of God, doesn't know the day or the hour. Only the Father knows. Now, as a side note, I have heard some people say, well, I think that Jesus is 100% God and 100% man. And so the man part didn't know, but the God part did. Well, let's try that hypothesis, see if it works. Is that what Jesus says? Does Jesus say, nor the human part doesn't know, but the God, the Son part does know. No, he doesn't say that. He says only the Father knows. The Father alone is the one that knows, not his supposed God side of him. He says only the Father knows. So that passage uh, can only be read as defining that the Father is the only person that has this understanding and that Jesus and the angels do not have this understanding. So that's Matthew 24, 36, and Mark 13, 32. Lastly, I want to point out that in John's Gospel, Jesus admits that he was instructed and taught by the Father, meaning Jesus learned things. He grew in his knowledge, he grew in his wisdom, he grew in his understanding. John chapter 8 and verse 28 says this with Jesus, I do nothing on my own initiative, but I speak these things as the Father taught me. Jesus speaks and teaches the things that the Father taught him. So Jesus was taught, he learned, and this is basically what we've seen throughout all of these passages, is that Jesus did not have a perfect understanding. He had to learn these things through various means, and this is a representation of his humanity. Now, I do want to point out here that I'm not trying to say anything disrespectful about Jesus. I'm not trying to say that he's ignorant or that he was stupid or anything like that. So if you hear someone walking away from this podcast with that understanding, please tell them that they are mistaken. What I'm simply trying to demonstrate is that Jesus as a human being is not omniscient, despite other Christian theologies that would like to elevate Jesus to a sense of divine, omniscient, state of being. On the contrary, we see, based on everything that we've looked at here, that Jesus is called a human being dozens of times in the Gospels, mostly in the Gospel of John. We've seen that Jesus grows in wisdom and understanding. 
we've observed that Jesus asks questions because he's not omniscient. We also see that Jesus needs to ask the names of certain persons. We've observed that Jesus comes to conclusions based on what he finds. We've also observed that Jesus openly admits he does not know the day or hour of his second coming, and only the Father knows. And lastly, we've seen that the Father is the one who taught Jesus, and Jesus admits this. So that's going to be the end of our podcast for today. Thank you so much for tuning in and sticking around. If you'd like to know more about the biblical Unitarian faith and biblical Unitarian theology, please visit us online at biblicalunitarian.com or youtube.com slash biblicalunitarian. And if you're generous and you want to support this podcast and the evangelism of the biblical Unitarian faith, be sure to check the description for the link. Thank you again so much for listening. My name is Dustin Smith at the Biblical Unitarian Podcast, and until next time, take care.